0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. And look, BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. It's got you covered for new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And also, it's free to sign up. So what are you waiting for head to the website right now betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that is only at bet online your online sportsbook experts ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming into the pod we are continuing with another installment of our movie pod series right here at betting chicago it's a little film from 1993 but first let's bring in our guest panel first coming up on the pod right now he's right here But he's promised no cowboy stuff. You might know him from Superstore or perhaps the new NBC series coming out. American Auto is John Barinholtz. Hello, John. Yeehaw!
2: Hey, everybody. Yeah, Daddy.
1: You might remember him from drug history. And I might remember him from before every single improv show. He would demand that he would spit in my mouth and I would do the same. It's Mort Burke. Hello, Mort. Yeah, I started COVID. And finally coming up, you might remember him from the past Cobra pod. He's got two things going for him in life. It's his starting defense and a seat at the table. It is Rob Belushi. Hello, Rob. Seat at the table. I can't wait. I can't wait to fucking do Lattimore because it's the 90. What are you
3: doing turning me on? The
1: 1993 film, the program, a film that came out. September, what is it? September 24th, 1993, it made $23 million directed by David S. Ward, who also directed Major League. He also wrote movies like The Sting. He wrote movies like Major League and Major League Two. He wrote Sleepless in Seattle. This was him in the directorial seat for the program. Let's kick it off right away. Rob, uh, I think this one might be a little more near and dear to your heart than maybe some other people on our panel. Do you remember when the first time you saw this movie, your reaction to it then and your reaction to it now.
3: Blew my mind when I saw it. I saw it in the theater. I think I saw it at Webster Place Theater uh, in Chicago. Loved it. Uh, me and this dude, Chad Taylor, my best friend growing up, used to do the spitting in the mouth combination before I don't, uh, sports shit, I guess. I'll let him play sports. Real, Real gross. I still think that's the best part of the movie. Loved it at the time, blew my mind. Loved Christy Swanson, loved Halle Berry. Uh, thought I, this is Juice had just come out, so I was like really into Omar Epps at the time. Watched it again, does one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Craig Chevron looks like he's 50 years old, it's insane. It's yeah, insane. He's, he's 39. He's- he looks, he's 39. No, the, I don't know, shoot.
0: but he looks exactly like a
3: 39. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, River Runs Through It had just come out a, a movie I love. I'm like, Oh, Shepherd Baby. Oh, he's he's so edgy and like not good.
1: And that's the thing is, we're going to be kind of walking through uh, the wreckage of this movie, asking ourselves the question of what is it that we like about it growing up? Obviously, it's got sensationalized, heightened like sports stuff going on. And man, I was ready to like dig in on this thing. I started watching it and I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff that's that. They're, they're, it's almost like the movie's not paying attention to, I don't know if I want to say the right things, but it's not paying attention to perhaps the most interesting, most like provocative stuff that's going on in the particular movie. Um, John, uh, did you see this movie growing up or is this more of a recent watch for you?
2: So, okay. Didn't see it in the theaters because wasn't allowed to. Because I don't know if you remember when this came out, there's a lot of controversy around it. Yes. And some some kids died because of this movie. There's a scene that more, you wouldn't know if you just watched it for the first time, but there's a scene that was in the movies that was actually in the previews where it was like a bonding scene amongst the team. Oh, they would, right. Yes, they, in they the some street, of the players, right? they would lay down on the freeway on like one of the like the dotted lines on the freeway. And they were yes! like, Woo! as cars were whizzing by. And some kids tried this and a car merged lanes and like ran over one of the kids. So they cut that scene from the movie permanently and it it, it like half the people, like it was like during it was after the release, so like half the people have seen this scene and half the people haven't. But if you remember the previews, you saw the scene because the scene was in the actual previews.
1: The main draw was how crazy and edgy these guys.
2: Right. Yes. I remember that now kind of. Yeah. Weird. And and I uh I so I couldn't see it in theaters. Uh the second it came out on VHS. I rented it. So I think I saw it in like 19, I want to say 94-ish, like sometime late in 94. And it was I, I only flagged it as like I have seen it now, not like is this a good movie or a bad movie? Upon rewatch, F F minus. Yeah, it doesn't
1: <laughs> it doesn't survive at all. And and honestly, like and, and more, I wanted to bring you on, man, because I, I well, we used to be roommates, right? We used to watch a lot of stuff—stuff stuff that we liked, stuff that we hated—and mm. like, you're not—you're not a sports guy. You like watching movies, but you don't like watching sports. So I wanted to specifically bring you in on this to see what your reaction level was. To just like, I just wanted to see what your reaction level was to Latimer. Really, is what I kind of wanted to walk through this, but I mean, you just probably saw this for the first time recently. Um, what was uh, how was in taking it uh, in the modern? Yeah.
0: So I saw this movie for the first time Thursday, twenty seventh uh, March, twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Sorry, May. Uh, last night I saw it last night. Uh, and then <laughs> this morning. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't think it was fun uh, to watch. And I, I. Uh, but also, it's a thirty year old movie. So I went in being like, okay, this might not be compelling. You know what I mean? So I'm. I'm not. It's not good. I didn't enjoy it. It took me three times to finish it. Uh, but it uh uh, three like efforts like today is like
3: fuck i gotta finish this football thing so i'm not sure how much of it is because it's old do you know Uh, joey said he was doing a podcast on the program and i literally told him i have to be on that podcast this is one of my favorite movies hadn't seen it in a long time (laughs) Watched it again i'm a liar but this is the same period that like above the rim came out any given sunday came out white men can't jump came out. Like, really good sports movies came out, so it was just, there's no excuse. Yeah,
0: right. I've seen White Men Can Jump, and there's, it has plenty of charm. Like, it's, there's there's last and it's fun, you know? So,
3: weird
1: about this, and so just real quick, in terms of that, like, that's what, my whole thing was going back, was like, why is this, is this movie like, underappreciated? It like does varsity blues pretty much copy every step from this movie, like five years later about having an edgy, provocative sports team that doesn't play by the rules or all these anti-heroes. but you start like looking into it. Right. And like, so August '93. this comes in mid September, 93, August 93 is, you know, the fugitive Jason goes to hell, hard target, right? Not sports related, but like the fugitive, huge movie, September's crazy. True romance comes out two weeks before that. And then obvious movies like Bronx Tale, Striking Distance, Airborne comes out, Dazed and Confused comes out. So the weekend that the program comes out, Dazed yeah. and Confused, it goes up against The Good Son. And like, like, that kind of like splits the audience right there, which is why it was a box office bomb. Why isn't this a good football movie? Because three fucking weeks later, Rudy comes out. It comes out October 13th, three weeks later, and this movie completely disappears. <laughs> And just goes into nowhere. Now, more like when I saw this the first time, and Rob, you can get this right. You're like, oh man, I can't wait to watch James Kahn as the coach. James Kahn is no- horrible. There's no character in this. Horrible. He's not a father. He's not anything. He literally just moves scenes one to one. And you sort of see this piling up of like trying to get through by like covering for like his buddies. And you're <laughs> like, can for all this provocative shit. It's a movie about Omar Epps and Halle Berry. I mean, am I wrong? It's just some sort of weird and, love. And,
3: and, and Alvin Mack. Yes. yes. Alvin Mack is the most believable, heart-wrenching, and applicable story in the whole thing. James Kahn's biggest coaching moment and the biggest moment of the whole film, he tells his alcoholic quarterback to forget about rehab. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he goes, forget about your dad, which is a hilarious sentence. But also, why would he know that? Did he go to James Con and be like, "I invite him"? They're not close. Why would he? There's no way he'd be like, "I invited my alcoholic dad," and he didn't show. (laughs) And then also, the thing is, there is not a main character in this movie that has a likable thing about them, except for that they're good at football, I guess.
1: Yes, and which brings up a larger portion. I was going to bring up at the end of the pod, but like, what is the moral of
2: this movie? I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. There's, they don't. It doesn't pick a lane so like I, I always like to reverse engineer movies and be like how did it get screwed up along the line and there's always two movies that come out in the same calendar year you know like the same movie the same movie as this was blue chips right yes. it came out it was about basketball but it was about like how the program is has to be put first and like it is about you know how the school makes money off of this and like blue chips also a bad movie but it, it, William
1: Friedkin, real it, quick. William Friedkin, it's in like better hands, right? Like, they yes, do yes. stuff.
2: Yes. Melton's
3: 100% it, better with that moral quantity Oh my and God. Blowing it.
2: That movie makes a choice. The program, like, you start watching it, and you're like, oh, this is going to be like a funny comedy about yes. football. And then, like, f- like, cut to like an hour and a half later, you have no idea what this movie It, it doesn't exist as anything other than like a sequencing of scenes. And it barely tells a story it's crazy it, the fact that like they start this movie it, it's so what i'm trying to say is i think that, that my guess is that this director shot a movie and that studio came in and producers came in and rearranged scenes and just made it a totally different thing because it it doesn't exist as anything
0: Also, this, okay, so it starts out with high-intensity, muddy football game, and then there's not another football game for 45 motherfuck minutes.
2: How do you not go right, how do you not go over that first scene, and then, like, or, like, from the the scene with Omar when they're, like, signing him directly into training camp? Like, how do you not do that? Like, at least follow that journey. It's so, it's crazy that there's, like, three scenes with Christy Swanson before you see another football game. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: And, like... And and the tonal thing is so bizarre because it goes from like them that scene where it's g- goofy, they're like chasing after the ball, and he ends up under their teacher's desk, and they're like, sorry, coach, or whatever. But then 20 minutes later, there's a sexual assault. You're like, this, I don't, I feel uh, bad all over now.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, guy who does major league. You know what I mean? Major League's an R-rated movie, but it is really kind of fun and lighthearted and stuff. And with this movie, there's different issues that he's trying to do, and he's trying to balance it with, yeah, the football scenes. Like it's kind of sort of effective, right? It's borderline charming that oh, he won't let go of that football, you know. But then again, you're matching it up with Latimer's character. Rob, uh, Rob, hop in.
3: Okay, so a couple, a couple. Of, first of all, absolutely, I agree with everyone uh, on every point. They're all amazing. The first, the first shot is s- stolen from The Last Boy Scout. And and I'm like, it's exactly the last Boy Scout. Other movies doing this better. First of all, the football comedy that was amazing that came out not too long after was The Replacements, which was truly funny And, and a much better football movie. And then Omar Epps plays the same role in higher learning. And the story is much better. And like, you can tell he's directed better. Uh, the the fallout of, of the questions that, that are arising with John Singleton at the helm as opposed to this guy, like, anyway. That,
1: that, well, no, oh. you're bringing up a good point because you you got Omar Epps, you got Halle Berry, Chrissy Swanson in her prime, to be fair, and James Caan, and this movie doesn't know what to do with them, Mort hop in.
0: I was going to say, Omar Epps has the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. He's great. <laughs> love, like, He's
3: pretty wood. just came out and his DJQ, like, I, w- I would see any, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, right around the same time, I was like, oh, Christy. I was in love with Christy Swanson. And now, these days, current Christy Swanson, I love her so much more. She really has her finger on the pulse of a political worldview that I don't think you guys really think about enough, okay? <laughs> so I, I want to take a hard left to Christy moment. Swanson's Instagram right now. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: um, no, but the she last one that starting came the new.
3: 1991.
2: I guarantee you, like, Christy Swanson is like, in a year, you will see her in a movie called, like, The Plandemic. And it'll be like a takeoff, like, COVID-21. This this movie, an- another thing about it is, like, you just named all these, like, potential leads, right? There's no answer to who was the lead in this movie and who was the story you are following. Because at the start, you're like, oh, you're following James Con's story. Like, it's very clear. This coach has to win in order to keep his job. And, like, you're also, like, football coaches in the South are just, I don't want to generalize, but, uh, there are pieces of shit. <laughs> so like, so you're already like, I don't really care about this guy, but you're like, okay, fine. It's James Conn. Like, at least we're going to follow his journey. And then you're into, then you're into Omar and you're like, Oh, okay. We're following like, his journey. I get it. And then you're with like Craig Sheffer. Who's like, Oh, we're following this 45 year old man. Who's in college. We're following his journey. <laughs> and then, There's, there is no journey that you're following that you care about. And, unless you're going to make a four hour movie, which again, I, I guarantee you that there's like 15 scenes of this movie that maybe better flush out these storylines that it would be brutal to watch, but at least like, at least it's more like a linear path. But from what we all saw, there's nothing, there's nothing there to follow.
1: Show before it can actually become, you know, before TV shows are actually allowed to sort of do this thing where like, you're totally right. And what we're going to do, Uh, Let's segue. Let's segue real quick because you're bringing it up. Let's kind of just drill into these. There's like four different stories, right? The first one we've already kind of mentioned is Alvin Mack. Now, this story for me is actually, it's an anti-hero that I can kind of get around, right? His performance is awesome, right? Like he has this one track mind. It is this cautionary tale of a guy who's super talented at football that has really no interest in even learning how to read because he knows one day he's going to play in the NFL. And the guy honestly kind of gets some of the best, more like quotable lines in the movie. Like, you know, you know, let the paramedics sort him out. You know, the scene where he's like, he doesn't know the end of the answers to the questions, but then he's just like, you know, on this play, kill the quarterback. This one, kill everybody hit this guy so hard. His girlfriend dies more. I just want to get your perspective on the album Mac character alone. At least there's something going on there that feels like it's on a path towards some sort of storytelling.
0: Yeah, he's also has the most charisma in the movie. So I, I'm he's he's really charming throughout the whole thing, kind of. And I and I so I like him. I think it's great. And I agree. There's like a certain. Although I will say the, they show his house. I think only at the end, and it is a Depression era like dust bowl cabin. It's like it's not the right level of poverty for, for the nineties. You know what I'm saying? It looks like it's like there's water about to flow through it. Uh, um, but yeah, so he's he's good for sure.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is one of the one of the games I kind of sent to you guys. Preview the pod where I find it to be really fun. Well, first of all, like I do like the story also where he gives his mom like the doorbell at the beginning. Yeah, Rob, so compelling. Cause... Yeah, that's true. Good point. He, he
3: he has Mac has three like three of the most compelling and effective moments in in, in the the film. And number one, you know, to your point, like uh, oh, col- college athletes are there to play ball and they're not there for an education. I think the thing with the kill the quarterback and that hard cut was the most successful thing that the movie does to show, okay, maybe they're leaning on the fact that his education is not a priority, but it really highlights how effective and organized his thinking is about the thing that he is passionate about and what, how capable and strong and, and in another level he is in that hard cut between failing the test and knowing every single assignment across the whole field in, in the game tape. And, and, and to me, that makes me that, that and, and I am a stupid person, but the, the thought that, that that it gives me like a window to be like, this is something I don't think about how much time and energy and uh, learning goes in, into this stuff because I'm not a college athlete.
1: Great point. It's the only part where they get into the details of actually playing the game of football and it actually does take a particular set of skills, whether they are memorizational or whether they're whatever, but yeah, it is a fun, like little twist, right on book smart versus street smart and that kind of that whole thing. And obviously it just sort of leads into this tragic, the tragedy of his mistake is banking on his talent with no net underneath him, which obviously when he falls, he falls full on John hop in.
2: I was going to say it's like, there's clearly was like, a period of a week, like when they're like figuring out the script, or like some producer was doing coke next to David Ward and was like, Okay, uh okay, it's college football. So we gotta hit concussions, uh, we gotta hit steroids. <laughs> oh, we gotta hit like a, a poor black guy who like he gets injured, so he's gonna go on. They got a quarterback who's going for the highest. There's like they're throwing in 70 different ideas and going like not even surface level on all of them. Right. So it's it's like it's all these like little tropes that don't amount to anything. And like, now that I said it out loud, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that they're not able to go deep on anything, but have so much in there. Yeah. Well, speak yeah.
1: Of one of those uh, cocaine gifts, uh, one of the cocaine gifts is they decided to give Alvin Mack this trash talk in game. And the trash talk in game is basically, he concocts these stories, these narratives of what the opponent is doing to either himself, his family, or whatever that jacks him up that wants to get him to kill somebody when someone says hike. So I asked you guys in the preview pod put yourself in Alvin Mack's shoes. You line up against somebody, you look that into his eyes, and you got to concoct something. You got to concoct a story that's going to make you want to rip his head off. You know, what is that story, and what are you yelling at the opponent across the line? Uh, more, I think you're chomping at the bit, man. If you want to go first, let's let's light it off.
0: Yeah, mine's real simple. I would just go, uh, You set my son on fire. You set my son on fire! Like
1: that. And just do that until yeah, the- your phone goes, wait, how did I even mm-hmm, yeah. I- <laughs> set him on? What a my- beautiful son!
0: And I pull up a picture. My beautiful son! And then I'd light the picture on fire. <laughs> you did this.
1: Yes. It's a Daniel Day Lewis, my boy. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> fire. Uh John, what did you have? What's your what's your uh made up like, story to get you pumped up before a play?
2: I think like like having not played football like and just like being a 38 year old guy, like with a kid now, like what would like get me fired up of like, I had like, what's what I would get like angry about. So I'm like looking at the center and I'd be like, Oh, look, it's my CPA. It's my CPA, Gabriel. It's my CPA, Gabriel <laughs> who forgot to file with the IRS that I had a Roth IRA. And he forgot to claim it. So I just got to notice that in 2018, I owe an extra three grand because you forgot to file it. And I'm coming for you right now. <laughs> we have the same... We have the same
3: accountant, and I just got one for a late file that I owe four hundred twenty dollars for. I don't know you, And he gave been on vacation until yesterday. <laughs> and you're so winded
0: uh, my- by the end of it, you're just
3: like, <gasps> you just have to walk <laughs> off the field. Oh, I mean, it, this is John probably also shares this one. I'd just be like, you look like Jim Belushi. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> and the center of any football team does look like Jim
1: All in Cruz or whatever his name is. Talking about doggies the whole time. Oh, <laughs> the worst.
3: The, that was the, the. I hated every time that guy spoke. Rolling my, my do,
2: do, doggies. He called them doggies. Abraham Ben Ruby. He, he went on to be like. Jerry on ER, like fantastic. Oh, he was on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which I think he got is why he got this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. He plays like and, TV, like political, like politicos and like, you know, dramas and like TNT series and stuff like that. Yeah. He made it. He, he made it.
2: Yeah, he made it. He really he really shed the uh, the program curse and, and went on to become a, like a, a workable actor.
0: Right. This thing that happens that's so hilarious in football movies where they just hire actors because of their size, which is <laughs> just yes. so big. It's like casting someone from the for the circus or something. You know,
1: I went pretty millennial on mine. It was kind of sort of tied around, obviously, a lot of the social media interactions that we've been dealing with. And it was more along the lines of like, hey, man. You're the guy that told my mom she needed to do her research when she claimed lasers from space were starting California fires. <laughs> a clown. And then you dropped an angry emoji on her twice in your four follow-up comments, you motherfucker. Like, I'm going to bust you up and watch you die. Hey, you're the motherfucker. You're the motherfucker passing all these uh,
3: voter suppression laws in uh, Georgia, <laughs> Texas.
1: Uh, next character we have to get to is uh, we've mentioned him before. We just got to get into Joe Kane uh, real quick. Um, so Joe Kane, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the events of Joe Kane in this particular movie. Uh, you know, he's got the drinking booze at seven, uh, 3 AM. He's got the blade, uh, the, uh, Wesley Snipes blade sunglasses before they were even cool to be worn. Uh, he loves riding a motorcycle. He's got a death wish. He walks on the train tracks. He definitely gets a concussion midway through this game. We can have a conversation about if that had anything to do with some of the other problems that he had in his <laughs> Uh, throws a guy through a glass case uh, after a game-winning interception, gets the DUI, gets sent to rehab, and then his coach tells him to forget about rehab and win the big game. Uh, Rob, you can lead off this one. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about fifty-year-old uh, Joe Kane. Uh, what, what do we call that? Seventeenth-year senior? What? Do we, how do we go about that? He took the Rob Belushi year of college. Um, <laughs> the, I, there's so much to talk
3: about, and and I don't. I, I, the, the, can I just focus on the rehab portion of this as someone who's been to rehab yeah, multiple please. times? Uh, one exciting thing about the rehab sequence was that the high angle shot that is that the director ripped from a man with a golden arm, which was one of the first movies to ever show detox on screen of Frank Sinatra in an apartment kicking heroin. That being said, Everything we see about rehab is just Joe Cain in a bathrobe in a, in a single room without uh, a roommate. There's no therapy. <laughs> the only thing that happens is he says he does a nurse comes and says, you have a phone call. And he says, no, no, no. Ain't none of that shit happened to me in rehab. Okay. I showed up two other guys who were like blowing their bloody noses all over the, all over the fucking bathroom. And they were on Meloril all night. No one said I had a phone call. Okay. I wasn't even allowed to smoke. I was really pissed off about the rehab portion. Like, of course he didn't get bet like, oh now he's now he's not drinking. Like how, how did that even happen? And 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 the the him riding the motorcycle, look, I am an asshole, but him riding the motorcycle with Christy Swanson, like off that fucking cliff, I was like, this is not a likable person. This guy is a sociopath and
1: yeah, I hate him. I hate him. Your cans on the Christmas trees, what he's growing up with Uh, more, more weigh in, man. Cause this guy's supposed to be like the epitome of machismo here, but uh, this character is just, it's handled just so fucking poorly. It's, it's really yeah. hard to watch.
0: Yeah. He's a sick, violent person. Uh, and, and and, <laughs> and, and there's this trope in these movies where like the guy shows up and the girl is very clearly setting a boundary. Like I have a boyfriend or like, I'm not interested in dating you. It's like that. And they're like, Nah, and then they just treat the girl like shit for the rest of the movie. It's like uh, truly bizarre. And also, it doesn't it doesn't hurt the fact that like the way he dresses is is old. Like I'm sure it was cool to have like pleated baggy jeans back then and this like really bad oversized leather jacket and like Nick Cage hair. But uh, yeah, zipped at the
3: bottom only.
1: Where Sheffler and Swanson, I think it's on the train tracks, and she has a boxy like suit coat. And he's got a uh, leather jacket. And I'm almost like, they should be fucking switching clothes. I just feel like if we switch these clothes up, this scene might make just a tiny little bit more sense. Uh, John, just weigh in on uh, Joe Kane real quick. Heisman Joe Kane.
2: He's got the poor makeup on that set. Who's like, God, how many times did she run out of powder just trying to hit that big forehead? Yeah, he is. This guy, again, it it really is. like The more I talk about it, it's remarkable how they never – go past the surface level of all these tropes about him right and like and they just miss such simple things like like that motorcycle scene like there's a way to shoot that where like you're not making it where he's a fucking serial killer like there's a way to make it where he's playful and it's like oh this guy's lovable if I'm the director I'm like I have to make my one of my five main leads in this movie lovable and you make him like scary and abusive and why would she ever talk to him again? And then uh, his relationship with his dad, his concussion incident, his even his drinking, like, it's so surface. Like, they show, like, yeah, he wakes up in the middle of the night and, like, takes a shot and goes back to bed. But, like, you, you don't... That's not, what, like, drinking. That's not, like, what, that's not what the drinking is. You know, like, there's so many ways you can shoot this, like, make it real and shoot, like, m- make this person a real person who who you would like want to follow even like him trying to avoid the attention for the Heisman, but then having like, like, like falling under, you know, having to change up what he wanted to say because of the, the press coordinator, all these things that they touch on that, that alone can be a movie following this guy through his Heisman thing, but they, they put it with 40 other things and you don't ever get below the surface. You don't give a shit about this guy.
1: Yeah. He's, he's doing all these cries for help, but he doesn't want it's super weird. And and what's so funny and why I'm actually like, I wanted to do this movie is cause the movie's not good. Right. But you're hitting it, John. We're like, there's all these surface level things that are actually like really prescient about shit in sports that we deal with now. Academic eligibility, uh, sexual assault, preferential treatment, uh, steroid use, CTE. Um, you know what I mean? It goes on and on. This is stuff that actually really happens and, and got even worse. Right. And we're going to talk about Latimer like right now. And it's so funny that they make, it's not funny, but like in nineteen ninety three, Latimer is a fucking psychopath. There is a psychopath walking through this movie, right? And this is not interested in him at all. It's interested in all the other, the the romance, the the pressure, uh, the whatever James Cons, whatever like meat they throw at him to do a couple scenes here and there. They literally have a psychopath walking through this movie. And they don't really address it at all. And how funny is it that 1993 we make steroids to be this like thing that's going to turn you into a raging zombie. And five years later, you know, Lance Armstrong, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, every single person in the sport is doing it. And it almost becomes like this thing that actually happens. Um, Lattimore, uh, Rob, can we celebrate Lattimore? How do, what, how do we talk about the character Lattimore now? because it's not a real person, right? It's an amalgamation of all these terrible things and it doesn't age well, but at the time he was the most provocative part of the movie, no? Yeah,
3: I mean, look at 13-year-old Rob Belushi seeing Latimer is like with all the toxic masculinity I, I was born with and then was taught to me, you know, I was like, oh, this, is, this guy's insane, he'll do anything and there's no, you know, the other thing of like craig Shepherd keeping his edge like i'll do anything like this guy's he's a, a piece of he's a piece of angel food cake you know what i mean but latimer putting his head through those windows is the thing i remember most about the program bar none and the fumble scene in the room which i more i think they should have done that 50 more times that should have been the movie like like it should have been who finally got the ball and like what happened, but uh, no, I mean, you're right uh, they paint him as a ghoul, literally, and the last the last piece of dialogue of the film is who's gonna replace Latimer so the guy who you know changes his body, changes his chemistry to excel at this sport, it imp it it his 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 toxicity and the chemicals that put, that are put into his body and his goals all turn him into a sexual terrorist and then you know we are we are made to feel bad for him when he can't make the tackle when he's just a normal person and that he, now he is nothing like we're grading he, the, the film makes the audience grade on such this really unhealthy level of what uh achievement is and what needs to be done to get it and and what makes you successful that it's just a really confusing uh message for a 13 year old rob Belushi, and i blame a lot of my alcoholism on and
1: it. You watch it and you're like wow there's a monster in the house um but uh we're not paying attention to it at all and more i want to ask you like what was the first like audible out loud like What the fuck am I watching? Moment was in when he was screaming at the weights, uh, when he smashes his head through the window, Um, uh, someone's mouth like, what was it? Because it's your first time. I'm curious,
0: yeah. The mouth spitting was the one really, I was like, is this about to turn into a wildly violent gay porn? What is happening? Uh, they but yeah, when he puts his head through the window, that's right after the goofy ball chase scene and I was like, is this supposed to be funny or is this supposed to be totally harrowing because I was I couldn't tell totally what was going on but then you're absolutely right I love I really liked you said toxic masculinity because it's there need campus rape as such a serious subject that that needs to be the entire subject of the film like we don't even know that girl's name like talk about the Bechtold test or whatever like women only being used in narratives as like. Uh, desirability for men is their only reason for living effectively. And we don't even ever, so immediately he gets off the steroids for 30 seconds and everybody's celebrating him. And it feels like we're blaming the steroids for the violence and the sexual assaults and all this stuff. It's not his problem, it's not his fault. He didn't do it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, just. He does a it's terrible so like,
1: job of like working through those issues. Right? Dude, it, and it, they cast a mildly. woman
3: who, who is this, who, who is so small compared So to small. To it's like it's such a fucked up choice that the director made you know yeah i, I feel like and I, even that kind of illustrates if that sort of sorry joey
1: no no more go ahead no no please I was
0: say, that sort of illustrates kind of the danger of the situation a little bit but we're only we're only in there and it, by the way the the sound design in this movie is bizarre because that that scene has like guitar solos in it it also yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like minor key, maybe, so it's not like yeah, but it's should not. You don't need a guitar there, and no, and it's all. This movie also cuts from scene to scene sometimes with a guitar solo, which is a just an excellent choice. Also, side note, they're definitely they definitely put like a uh, growling animals and stuff uh, during the tackles or like gunshots. It's like the weirdest, loudest noise.
3: <laughs> and how about the, the actual dogs uh, yuling when Craig Shepherd Craig Sheffer takes her out to pretty much where Jared Leto has buried all the bodies and the little things on, on their <laughs> motorcycle ride. Like, talk about a serial killer! And then he said, "All the dogs can hear," and you hear the dog. You, you hear full do- dogs like sound designed in.
2: And it's like and and she's like, like oh, "Okay, it's fine now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the every time this movie has a choice, right? Is a chance to make a good choice and like and and show because all movies are showing viewers like what should happen right every time they have that chance to show that they either don't address it at all or they go the opposite way like with the latimer thing we should not be feeling bad for latimer at the end it's like they make the choice that like he's a character like oh you should feel bad for him because it's like no he should be executed (laughs) he should should be sterilized and executed it's very clear that like there was a movie in here somewhere like the original script. There was something that was like, there was a great concept, right? Like there's a very clean movie of, we're not going to make this a comedy. It's gonna be a dark movie about the program and what the program does to student athletes. Right. And there's like a very great movie that exists where it's like the last game happens and they make the bowl game. So the program gets what they want, but they kind of try to go for it. Mac has a broken leg. Uh, this guy's a mess from steroids. The star quarterback is now past his prime, and they fired the coach, right? Anyway, like, there's a way to, like, do this movie where, like, you get that thing of, like, the program above all else, and everything is out, and you see, like, the next recruitment clash or something, like, you're about to go through the meat grinder, but they even fuck up that. They fuck that up.
1: Yeah, and before we get to our last topic, this all comes back to this probably – not i'm not saying this whole movie could have been salvaged because so many bad choices and so many things don't age well but the james conn character the fact that they make it so one dimensional really screws this up right because what they go to the hearing when the kid cheats with his daughter and he's got to like kind of like bite the bullet and like cuck out for like this this thing and like it's really like him kind of selling his soul but we don't there's nothing there behind it other than to just kind of move this scene from one place to another and this is like James Kahn in this movie here. And he literally gets so little to work with other than, you know, you're going to play a couple of gruffy post-game dick uh, responses to some reporters and stuff. Uh, Rob, hop in. Three things.
3: I, I, I just watched the original Gambler on Criterion and I was so excited to, to watch James Kahn again, be a coach. And there was nothing there. And two things about it the easiest layup of the whole movie is when Alvin Mack says, I'm never going to play again, am I? It's the the most emotional moment of the whole movie and it's a layup for James Kahn. He breaks eye contact with him, looks away and said, doctors aren't always right. And then gives him the most stilted hug, which the director (laughs) goes behind James Kahn, and you see him like not touching him. It's a a total wet fart. In, 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 a, in a layup moment. And, you know, to, to Mort's point about women in this film, James Conn's daughter is destroyed in this film. She's taken advantage of by the backup quarterback. Then she goes and cheats on a test and is expelled and says, I know it's okay. I don't want it to affect your job. I'll go to another college. And then James Conn gets the backup back in school and not his own daughter. We barely know her name. It's Luann, but I had to look it up and like, it's horrible. What happens to this woman, Joey Lauren Adams.
1: And, and that's the whole thing is like, in the end, you don't even really know what they're playing for. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you don't even understand like what ends up happening. So like towards the end of this film, like they, they're supposed to win the big game and go to the bowl. But like it all is just, like, it's more of like, they're like kind of sub like, kind of like celebrating these characters for surviving this season, which is complete bullshit. And I completely agree with you all the collateral damage along the way about how terrible these characters just are over and over again. It doesn't leave to sort of any sort of sense of payoff or anything. That's kind of entertaining, which is going to kind of bring us up to our last, uh, our last topic here. And it's going to be our last game. Uh, This is my favorite part of the game. And I swear to God, when I first saw this movie, the program, I swear it had one of those moments where you know how you get that post-credits, end credits, like what happened to these characters, but you just get it in text. You know what I mean? You just kind of like sort of see what ends up happening. So let's get out a, let's play a little Derek and then Domino's right now, the Layla song from Goodfellas, and let's just play the game of what happened to. Um, Now this can go either way. You can either write a what happened to for one of the characters that was in the movie, or you can create your own character if you were in this movie, and then you type out the text of what happened to said character, after the completion of this film, um, John, would you like to go first? What happened to one of these characters or, or maybe a role that you created for yourself that you played in the movie?
2: It was really hard re- go, watching the movie with this question. because It's like, oh, I would like if I if this movie was happening and uh, I was 33 years old, I would play. I would want to play Kane. Uh, like, it'd be fun. <laughs> and you part uh, you'd be actually kind of young. You'd be on the younger side. I'd be, I'd, I'd be too young. But the, I think like there's like there's like a little cameo in the movie that would be the guy who we throw through the glass would be the character who I would like really want to play, like the guy who's like you looking at my girl? <laughs> and I would love to see like a like Where they are now with all like other characters, like Kane is like coaching Division Two A ball, like is helping the guy. You just see the shot of guy getting thrown through the glass in a freeze frame, and he's like, he's like the number three executive at Chase Bank.
1: (laughs) It freezes on him going through the glass, and then that's (laughs)
2: exactly. He he was Jamie Diamond's assistant, and is now like number four in the pecking order at Chase Bank.
1: um rob uh give us a what happened to either with a character that existed in the film or a role that you just made up for the movie
3: uh you know honestly that that was the guy i was gonna pick too because i really related to that guy john john hit it on the head for me it was like he he is now the, the the leading the leading real estate agent in tucson arizona you know um
1: well, they always mention too the uh with, with any of these they always mention how many times they were married and divorced too as well, so maybe you can pick a number on this guy uh is you know <laughs> twice divorced, three times divorced i mean did he make it? did he make it one time?
3: you know I mean, I wonder
1: what Latimer's doing now to be honest that guy
3: that guy is probably that guy was probably married that that woman and um you know they they've had some ups and downs, but they stayed together
1: and I, I, um I, I, High school, blah, 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 and then got kicked out. Latimer,
3: I feel like Latimer became like a, a PE teacher who was murdered by his own students, and they were all seventh
2: graders.
1: <laughs> John happen
2: After, after, after Morton Joy goes, I just want to make sure I, I give one real-life antidote about Andrew Bynarski, a.k.a. Uh, Latimer. So oh, go ahead and I'll,
1: I'll... – That is well on the IMDb photos. Uh, Mort, uh, I'm dying to hear. What's your what happened to either for a character in this film or someone that you created to play a role in the movie?
0: Uh, I created a role – there's nobody I wanted to play in this film. Uh, I, I created a role for myself uh, after they – I would like to – after they spin into each other's mouth, I would like just me in the football <laughs> units for them to come up and go, hey, why would you guys just spin each other's mouths? <laughs> and maybe try to have them answer. And and I also wish, that, I wish that their thing was that they spit into each other's mouths all the time, like casually walking in the hall, like, what's up, <laughs> dude? Like maybe they share a hotel room, uh, you know I'm saying? Like, good night, buddy, good night, man. That's, that's
1: They do a tiny one, like they do like a soft romantic one, the harder one when they're ready for the game. <laughs>
0: yes, and, and uh. I think my, um, so, and then to answer your question about the morality thing, I think the moral of this story is Football is good sometimes, but also football is not good sometimes.
1: <laughs> you got to you gotta keep your eye on the prize if you want to know when it is good and when it sometimes is not good. Uh, my character, I actually did a character from the movie, Small Roll Guys. Uh, this is going to surprise you. It's kind of going against type for me, but I want to be the steroids dealer. The guy that's- I knew you were going to yeah. say that. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> wait, because I didn't even know that was a thing. Oil
3: oh, change. Uh, the oil change guy?
1: Played by Tim Parati, who went on to play many skeezy characters. He was in a time for, yep. <laughs> he played a bunch of skeeze balls over the years. Yeah. He doesn't have a name in the movie. It's a steroids dealer. Um, steroids dealer was also expelled from college the following fall. He went on to go run a very successful waterbed business, but credits his friends Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Lance Armstrong for their financial contributions and support to help get it off the ground. In 2003, he was sentenced to 12 years for tax evasion fraud, among other charges. He was released in tw- 2013 and now sells Dogecoin. He's now been married for a fourth time to a <laughs> wife named Starship. That's what I got. Um, what a character. I totally forgot about that. The the weird science going into that. More hop in.
0: He's into it. When he's filling that guy's penis with urine, he's oh, into yeah. it. Oh, he's into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. It was like
1: just <laughs> out. Putting the good stuff in.
3: La- La- Latimer's face, too, is like... uh. he uh. <laughs> uh, so- was in... Um, he was uh, in. He was Butterfinger in Hudson Hawk. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. He's Good. in any given Sunday and Higher Learning.
2: Crazy. Yeah. He's
3: nice. got like 30, my,
2: forty credits. He got a lot of credits. Yeah. My right. voice is so high pitched. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my guy, uh, John. John, w- give us uh, give us the endo.
2: Okay, so uh, this is true too. So if you listen to the pod. He may not like to hear this but this is a true story in 2009 when i first moved to los angeles i went to the rainbow room with a friend who we all know uh, jamie hoxton and uh it was like a stand-up night that night in the back room and then we went to the front to have a drink at the bar and we saw andrew brianarski there and he's gigantic in person he had just filmed the movie the the remake of conan and as we know our friend who i was with if there's one movie that probably would like this person would flip out about, it, it's The Program. And Jamie was like, "Oh my God, it's Latimer from The Program," and <laughs> and, and like, we gotta go say hi. So we go up to him, and he's uh, he's like kind of holding court with six people. He's like gigantic. He's talking about Conan and how like he was like lifting for it. Like he's, he's like he was he was huge then. And uh, uh, we're like, "Hey man, how's it going?" And Jamie's like, "You're Latimer." It's my favorite character in a movie ever. The guy, the guy, he, uh, Andrew turns to us and he goes, one second. He like literally places us into a separate booth, like right next to them and sits down and immediately turns to us. And he goes, You guys want to do some Coke? You got any money? And like, like those two sentences back to back, we were <laughs> completely broke. And he, like, we're like, oh, we don't really have money, man. He's like, come on, man, you got to have 50 bucks. I got a guy across the street right now. He's my lawyer. He's in the hotel. I can get Coke. We can go there right now. We can do it with him. I'm like, I'm like no, no. <laughs> this, 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 this giant has cornered us in the booth. And like, there's was like a part of you who like in a Hollywood star, like says so it to you. are like, oh yeah, let's go do Coke with this guy. But it was like, it was literally Latimer doing this to us. He was like, we're going to go do it. Give me money. He was like trying to squeeze us. <laughs> Then I vividly remember, like us saying no, he couldn't give a shit about us. That just like, oh whatever, and he leaves the booth. I remember him stepping out, and the waitress had a short skirt on, and he slapped her ass and squeezed it. And I was like, oh my god, he's he's Latimer, like that. He he is this scumbag character, but in real life, and that was my that was my Latimer experience. That was the
3: thing. I, w- I would have been in that lawyer's hotel room in 15 seconds. No, I don't have any money. Ah. Uh, I can find some,
1: though. <laughs> well, and, and honestly, just think about what that role in that movie gave him license to think that he could probably get away with for the next 20 years more at yeah. Hoppin.
0: That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. If he would have played a di- deeper, richer character, he might have maybe learned something about, like,
1: the Yeah, that's true. It's true. Close-up shot of anyone's ass as a needle is being injected into it, I think, in cinematic history. I think that's probably a one-in-one shot of just you could see the fucking pimples and hairs off of it. Bernarski's ass. Wow, John, silver screen to your living room. Uh, he didn't disappoint, uh, and perhaps maybe your expectations of him. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the 1993 film, The Program. Um, we're just gonna go around real quick. Just some final thoughts, you guys. Super happy. Just to not just like talk about this movie, because this movie now I'm realizing it sucks a lot more than I thought it did growing up. But. <laughs> Interact with you is a super great time. Uh, Rob, final thoughts on the 1993 film, The The Program.
3: The Program. Was it your favorite? Is it still? Have you grown? (laughs) Maybe you have. (laughs) Maybe not for you. Uh, Well, I I am exactly the same size as I was when I first saw it, but my tastes have changed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. Uh, Makes no fucking sense. Uh, Dude,
3: oh. All the all the all the snappy, great like layup lines possible are all awful. The roll along little doggies, the put the women and children to bed, like all of the stuff. And and for a football movie, just not enough homoeroticism for my taste. Like we get one steroid shot and that's it. I guess the spitting in the mouths thing.
1: It'd get you close. You could have used that late night hotel stuff uh, for sure. John, uh, final, thoughts, uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Th- final thought.
2: Cut that is part. Just, <laughs> I, I raped you. It's like, is if you're going to make a football movie, you have to have one person on set who has actually played football before. And it clearly, as a consultant, and it clearly didn't happen in this movie. The amount of like words that are spoken can you imagine a real like a running back running a ball and talking to players as he's juking <laughs> like full full sentences that age is really poor. <laughs> it's amazing oh, it's amazing that the, the in-game dialogue that happens not just like between plays but during plays that just can't, ha- can't happen happen
1: john barrenholtz rob belushi portberg uh guys thank you so much for coming on this was super fun great to see you guys wish the movie was better. It wasn't better, but I really enjoyed the conversation. Today's episode of Believe in Betting Chicago was brought to you by betonline.ag. Make sure you head to the website because it's free to sign up. And you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. we got more coming the rest of the week. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk again soon.